broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. We threw the question out there to start the show. How much growth have you seen from head coach Josh McDaniels as far as play calling and personnel use? Got a lot of feedback. We definitely appreciate it, good or bad. It is all good. 702-365-9200. That is our listener line. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r In a minute, we have Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black, joining the show. Got a couple quick texts to get to. Vegas Pete says on the text line, Josh has forgotten more about football than we'll ever know. The players are finally getting it. Comfortable with the system. Every time you hire a new coach, it's starting over. Uh, three of the last at, at three of the last five at home, and we're playing well enough to beat everyone. Win, lose, or tie. Raider Nation until I die is from my guy Vegas Pete. He's actually rolled out to Buffalo Wild Wings a couple times and said, "What's up?" I definitely appreciate that. I will be at Buffalo Wild Wings on Friday. Hopefully, talking about another Raiders victory, four in a row that would make Miracle Mile Shop. That's where I'll be at. So come on by, say what's up if you're around. Now, also got another text from Infamous Raider Georgia. Uh, hey Q, if the Rams play Baker, it'll be the wor- it'll be worse. Then the time the Bucks signed Josh Freeman off the street, and he looked horrible. So there you go. That's a uh, that's from Infamous Raider Georgia on our text line, the don'tbebroke.com text line, brought to you by the DLC. You can always hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now on the phone lines is the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz. And Jason, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you as always. And got to ask you off top, man, what have you seen as the difference between the Raiders that were on a three-game losing streak to where they are right now on a three-game winning streak? Finishing. I mean, finishing has been the biggest difference, right? I mean, what was the biggest storyline that we talked about in the 2-7 and seven start? It wasn't that they were getting blown out. It wasn't that they couldn't win football games. It wasn't that they weren't good. It wasn't that they didn't have talent. It was they couldn't figure out a way to make a play down the stretch when they had to. They couldn't figure out a way to get a stop when they had to. Um, and that's drastically changed on both sides. Yeah, they're 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 you know they're creating offensively. Uh, for some reason, apparently, we're the best flea flicker team in all of the NFL, <laughs> and uh, which is awesome. Uh, but then also on defense, you know, look, we we all saw it against the Chargers, but even against the Seahawks, I I know we gave up 34 points and and 380 yards, I think it was. But but it felt like at that at times that that was the best defensive game we had played all year, which is crazy to say that. Right. Uh, and that obviously changed against the Chargers. That that was a really good defensive performance. And the only defensive touchdown was in the fourth quarter on the fourth and twelve, where you know I I know they completed the fourth and twelve for a touchdown, but that ball that Justin Herbert found Keenan Allen with was just unbelievable. Right. So so the defense has played so well. And hopefully that moves forward. You know, we're we're thirty seven and a half percent of the way to an eight game winning streak. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, there's there's always the silver lining, right? And I mean, you you got to be, uh, you know, you got to be able to make it happen with a three game winning streak and a four game winning streak before you can get to eight. But uh, they're working on it, like you mentioned. Let me ask you this, because this is a question we thrown on the show t- today. How have you seen the maturity and the evolution of Josh McDaniels as the head coach and the play caller, especially? It's, I, whew, that's a great question. I don't know that I've sat down to think about it. Um, I, whew, I, I do think, I do think that they are that, you know, he told us at the beginning of the year that they were going to run screens no matter what, we're going to be a screen team. We're going to be a screen team. 
And I, I do think you're seeing that early in games, and that's part of the reason that Josh Jacobs is is getting his way to five, six catches every single game. But they are not going away from the run, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the biggest difference. You know, they're not falling in love with one type of player or another based on, well, I think the defense is saying this, or I think the defense is going to give us that. They are actually going after it um, based off of what's happening. And I, and, I, and I would guess that's a big part of what's changed for this team is that, um, you know, you can talk about being balanced. But right now, defenses have to pick their poison. Are you going to get beat by the greatest receiver in the NFL, you know, the best receiver in the NFL, or are you going to get beat by an offensive line that's pushing people around and Josh Jacobs is, is, is you know, getting five yards of carry? Uh, and they're going to have to make that decision, which I don't think at the beginning of the year defenses had to make that decision. No, I don't think they did. And I think that Josh McDaniels came into the, the game plan and the season with a game plan, right? And I think that game plan also had to do with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. They're not there. Yep. And so, you know, similar to defenses where you have a base and then you build off of that base, I feel like the Raiders have a base when it comes to their offense. It's a one-two yep. punch of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and everything else evolves around that. And I think you that know, that's what the Raiders have a chance to do. You know, the other question, and you just brought this up with reference to those two guys who haven't been there, uh, in the case of Hunter Renfro the last four games, in the case of Darren Waller the last seven games, um, they are both eligible to return. Now, uh, unless something has changed here in the last hour and that I haven't seen, they, not, they have not been put on the active roster yet um, for this particular game. They can be. Uh, they're both eligible to return. Um But my question is, you have two guys who have been such a big part of the Raiders offense in the past, but neither one has really been a big part of this team's offense during this run and this year's offense as a whole. So what changes would you expect when they do come back? Because they've got a good thing going right now. So, so, you know, you've got two players who are established quality players in the league. Um, How do you handle that? I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) I really am. I'm really glad you asked that. And again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I think, and I've I've been asked this many times, I think that you slowly blend them in, right? I mean, I think you've shown that we can win without you. You know, if you're Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, we can win without you, but we prefer to have you. So when you're healthy and you're able to come back, then you ease them into the offense and ease them into being a big part of the offense, as opposed to at the beginning of the season, they were trying to figure out all three of them at the same time. Oh, and Josh Jacobs. So that makes really four big weapons. They try to just kind of throw it in there and make it work. I think this is actually almost a blessing by disguise. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It really could become the most uh, dangerous offense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy to say that, Uh, which I think people thought that might be the case at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. year. And then you saw how it was going on. And, um, you know, some of the second half numbers that weren't being put up and all that stuff. But the reality is that the way that this thing is going right now, uh, there are a lot of reasons to believe that they could become the most dangerous offense in the NFL. And I realize what other offenses are out there. I realize what the Bengals have been doing yeah. late. I realize what Patrick Mahomes and, and all those, I realize all that, um, you know, but if Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro can get back to what they have been again, there's one football to go around. So numbers might be different, right? But that's that's hard to stop. Uh, so it'd be interesting. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it's all, you know, again, put back into the mix and put together once they're all able to come back and play, whether it's, you know, tomorrow, whether it's next week, the week, whatever. But the Raiders have proven that they can win games without Waller and Renfro, and I think that that's a good first step. So, Jason, you mentioned that the defense looked really good the last couple weeks. How much do you think the, the return of Nate Hobbs helped on Sunday against the Chargers? Oh, I think it was huge. I think the return of Nate Hobbs was huge. Um you know, the question wasn't going to – Was we talked about it. You and I were sitting by the torch, and we were talking about some of the things a couple hours before kickoff. And I was asking Eric Allen as he was, you know, during the, the pregame show with JT, and, and we were talking about what's it, what is it what, – what does the corner have to deal with with a broken hand? And like, he told me he had broken his hand. and like, what's the hardest thing to deal with? And, you know, he, in his opinion, was press coverage, mm-hmm. uh, jamming guys to the line. Uh, Nate was not shying away from doing that. Um, and you know, I, I, I think part of it is it gives other guys confidence, you know, Rocky scene got hurt, uh, in the game. He has been because of the, in terms of time on the field, the best corner for the Raiders this year. Uh, Amik Robertson has been in and out of being consistent, mm-hmm. but he had a very good game against, against the chargers. Uh, and that is with the coverage Keenan Allen, right. that, that, that coverage again, that ball that Keenan Allen caught for a touchdown literally was caught because it was in the only spot it could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, and so I think Amik played very well uh, against uh, against the Chargers. So I, I think having Nate Hobbs back gives Patrick Graham, you know, he needs a corners that can press up. Mm-hmm. And, and that helps because Nate can do that. He's shown that last year. He's shown that this year. No, he's he has. Versatile. Yeah. He looks good. He lo- he looks really good, and I know he was eager to get back out there. He's a competitor, man. He wants to he wants to be out there with his brothers each and every play. Again, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, joins us here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Your broadcast partner, Lincoln Kennedy. He always refers to him as number fifty five because he hadn't showed up. That was Chandler Jones. He showed up. He was a monster on Sunday against the offensive line against the Chargers. That obviously was down, but he took advantage of him and came up with three big sacks and really could have had all five of the sacks that the Raiders uh, had on Sunday. So. So how can he continue to be that Robin to Max Crosby's Batman now that he's started to establish himself? Um, I So I don't know that this weekend is the right test either. Uh, you know, they, 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 the first of all is that it's great that it happened, right? right? The, the Chargers offensive line going into the game, uh, very banged up. Yeah. And Jamari Salyer, the rookie uh, who had played left tackle at Georgia, but I, he was no match for Chandler Jones. Foster Sorrell, you know, he's most of the time a practice squad type guy. And so he was no match for, for Max Crosby. And so what you got was, plus, by the way, a backup center was no yeah. match for the middle of the defense. Right, right. And, I, and, you know, I think that's been the biggest part, too, the last couple of weeks is you've been getting push up the middle. We always focus so much on the edge rushers or blitzers, but we've been but you've been getting push up the middle which just drastically changed everything. I mean, there was a sack where Justin Herbert, because of the push up the middle, literally fell into the arms of Chandler Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, Chandler was great, but so were two of the other parts against a bad offensive line at the moment. The Rams, I, I, I was building my boards this week, and, and man, they, I, I, their play-by-play guy, uh, who now has a Super Bowl ring thanks to last year, and he, you know, proceeded to text me what it looks like. And I was like, I got to get one of those. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I asked him just because filling out sheets and things and not recognizing some of the names. I said, how many different starting offensive line combinations have you guys had this year? And the answer is 12 in 12 games. Wow. 
Wow. Um, and the only guy who's a starter from the beginning of the year to now is right tackle Rob Havenstein. So, so it's another offensive line that the Raiders should be able to take advantage of. Oh, by the way, it's John Wolford, whose claim to fame is being a, a quarterback in the Alliance of American Football. Um, and, and, you know, it's, a, it's a, in front of a crowd that I think we all expect to be very, very pro Raiders yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. So I, this is another game where, look, the defense all of a sudden, after having, what was it, 10 sacks in nine games, now has 11 sacks the last three. Right. I, I think we should expect another three, four sack performance and, and be, you know, I think you'd be disappointed if it's anything less than that. No, I agree. I agree 100%. You mentioned the quarterback, John Wolford. The Rams picked up Baker Mayfield. They claimed him off waivers on Tuesday. Any chance you yeah. think we see him uh, in action on Thursday night? Man, if they do, I, that, what does that say about, <laughs> what does that say about the Rams offense if they play a guy who doesn't, have any knowledge whatsoever and oh by the way only has one walkthrough right to get ready for an nfl game on thursday night you exactly know? you know baker look i i know i know sean mcveigh today said you never know there's a chance mm-hmm. um I, you will hear my shocked voice if he comes out on <laughs> Well, I'm here for Honestly. that. I'm here for that. I'm here for all your shenanigans, your shocked voices, any pictures that you may have with headphones and, and ears on them. I mean, I'm here have for all seen, of that. You like that? <laughs> I like, you like it. those headphones? I like it for yeah. you. I like it for you. There's, there's a big sto- There's a large story that goes along with those headphones that I, when we have more time, I will share with you. But basically, it comes thanks to my friend Ben Hartsock. Uh, former 10-year NFL tight end who I work with over on SiriusXM, who bet me that my broken headphones wouldn't last very long, and he didn't have faith that I come from a family of duct tapers. Nice. Uh, And so I made it through championship weekend in college football, and lo and behold, uh, Ben Hartsock had sent me some kitty headphones that light up to wear, and I wore them with pride this week. <laughs> nice. I like it. I, and I, you know what? I had no doubt that you would rock those those headphones because you're you're cool like that, uh, fun personality, and, and you get down like that. And so I can appreciate that. Me, like I said, they're cool for you. <laughs> you know me. I try to be cooler than the other side of the pillow. So I don't know if I could, do, I could pull that off, but I thought that they were fantastic for you. So final question for you. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really honestly expecting the Raiders to win this game. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm expecting them to win this game Thursday night. But as far as just this roller coaster ride, I've checked in and asked you this a few times this season. How much of a roller coaster ride has this been for you in your first amazing. season with the Raiders as the play caller? It's been amazing. And I fully <laughs> expect every season the rest of my life to be this way. <laughs> it will. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe not two and seven to ten and seven or whatever will wind up. Right. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I look, it's, it's, <laughs> When you when you when you are a play by play personality, you fully re- recognize that there are going to be games that you have to generate energy, mm-hmm. and there are going to be games that the the game itself is the energy. And with the exception of the New Orleans Saints game, literally every game we have played has been the energy. That's and true. I just happen to be an energetic person, and so it's it's a little bit different. But um, it hasn't had to be manufactured. It's all been real. It's all been legitimate. And and now that they've won three in a row, and hopefully tomorrow night make it four in a row. It's not just energy about the games themselves. It's energy about the games plus what they mean. Because reality, guys, if we win tomorrow, if, if there's a win in Los Angeles tomorrow, you go into a game against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, who's currently in front of them for the playoffs, uh, and, and maybe you know if the Jets lose this weekend one game back, right? 
that's incredible for a team that was two and seven a month ago. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the storylines will write itself. You're absolutely right. They will 100% write themselves if that exactly is what happens. So, uh, Jason, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, have a great call. I know you will. You've been doing a fantastic job, man. I've been getting nothing but great uh, shout-outs about you and, and your call, you and Lincoln. So keep up the great work and uh, no pressure, but call a W. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> See you, man. There he goes, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. And I'll tell you, man, I'm I'm excited about the future of the Raiders. I'm excited about the future of Jason Horowitz. I think that he came into the season as the brand new play-by-play guy, and a lot of people didn't know about him. And I was just really starting to get familiar with him as well. And uh, we've had a few conversations, obviously, since he took over and, and to the point where he is right now. And he is just really growing. And him being so young, he's got an opportunity to be the next chapter you know, and the Raiders have had great play-by-play callers for years for the history of the team, right? I mean, it's just the, the list goes on and on of greatness. He has an opportunity to be the next guy. And that, like he said, I expect it to be, you know, amazing the rest of my life, every year the rest of my life. That's the kind of attitude to have. And his energy that he has, and I don't know how many videos you see of him and Lincoln in the booth, but they have fun. He does a really good job. He 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 sets up the, the sets the scene really well, and then he gets out of the way and lets Lincoln do his thing. But his calls are are they're they're growing on me. I know they're growing on Raider Nation. I get people hitting me up all the time. Man, Jason sounds great. Listen, I just think that you watch, you give him a couple seasons. How 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 the next chapter of Raider football is going to look? It's got a new president. There's a new coaching staff. There's a new GM. There's a new play-by-play voice. There's a new sideline report. Oh, wait, no, hold on. They haven't got the sideline report yet. I'm going to speak that into existence. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, don't doubt me. Don't doubt me. The minute you doubt me is the minute that I'm going to, I'm really going to put the full court press on. <laughs> Damon, you don't know what you did now. No, but really, no no BS. I'm not trying to make it about me. They, I, I do think that this next chapter of, of Raider football, obviously the stadium is brand new. Obviously, the facilities are brand new. The city is brand new. It's just, and it's not, it will never be a disrespect to the history because you're not the Raiders without the history. But you also have to continue to evolve, and that is what they're doing. They're moving full throttle, full steam ahead, and I think it's going to be really, really good. And Jason Horowitz is going to be a big part of that. 424 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls, get to your texts. Plus, we'll go inside the Raiders locker room. Amik Robertson, Isaiah Polamoa, we got all that on the way. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Vegas Pete hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Vegas Pete said, Waller and Renfro, yes or no, Q? I'm assuming that means, are they going to play tomorrow? And I would say no. I've been saying that all week long. Did not think. Matter of fact, going back to last week, head coach Josh McDaniels was asked about them being activated off IR following uh, the game on Sunday against the Chargers. And he said, well, I really don't want to put them out there on the field without any practice, and there's not going to be a practice this week. So I didn't ever expect either one of those guys to play. I don't think that we'll see either one until at least the Patriots game week 15, which is, you know, 10 days or so following tomorrow's game. So I think if you see one or both of those guys, you'll see them against the Patriots, which that game has been flexed from a Sunday night football game to a one, what, 25 kickoff now at Allegiant Stadium. So it is now an afternoon game instead of a Sunday night game, which is unfortunate. Of course, primetime games at Allegiant Stadium are a lot of fun. Primetime games are a lot of fun anyway. But uh, really, to have no primetime games at Allegiant Stadium this year, that's really strange to me. Knowing the star power that the Raiders have, you would think they'd have at least a couple primetime games, but it didn't happen. Hey, maybe the last game of the season might get flexed. Maybe. 
yeah, maybe depending on well, depending on what they do the rest of the way, and depending on what the you know they could be potentially playing for, maybe. Maybe that'll be a Sunday night game. I'm not too sure. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But thank you, Vegas Pete, for that. We also got a text from Raider at T. Uh, she says, McDaniels is showing growth with our team, learning what his players can do with him, not for him. And those are all in caps right there from Raider at T. And I think that's a great point. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, you they can do together, not necessarily because, hey, this is how I said to do it. Go do it and make it happen. You're, you're doing this for me but you're actually doing that with me. That that makes a lot of sense. I like how you broke that down. Thank you so much for that text. I always appreciate you. Uh, another one from Mailman Raider Q. I also think McDaniel progressing has to do with the players finally getting the playbook down so he can open up the book more and more each week. We don't have guys running into each other anymore. We say it a lot, but they're out there not thinking as much. I don't agree with not getting DA involved so late, though, uh, but we did win, so maybe I'm just dumb. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, that's one thing that Amber Theo Harris, and she should join me tomorrow on the show at a uh, live, matter of fact, at uh, at the M Resort. She's going to be staying there. That's the official team hotel. So she said she'd come by and hop on the show for a little while. So that should be fun. Amber is a brilliant Absolute brilliant uh, football mind. I love having her on the show. So to have her there in in person, it'll be almost like us having our conversations in the press box like we do. We, I mean, seriously, we sit there. And the good thing is that she sits next to me, so it's not like I'm making a lot of noise or she's making a lot of noise. But we'll sit there and break down everything that we're seeing uh, in the press box back and forth with each other. And that was one thing she pointed out on Sunday when uh, Devontae Adams had his first catch in the second quarter, you know, or late in the first quarter, whenever it was. It was late. And she said, I, I still don't like them not getting him the ball early. And I agree with that 100%. Get that guy involved and get him engaged early, right? I mean, it's just special players like him, just let him get a touch. Let him get a little bit of a taste just so he says, okay, here we go. You know, just it, it just kind of gets him out the blocks a little bit. So I agree with that 100%. I think they need to continue to make sure Devontae Adams gets involved early. And, of course, that one-two punch of Adams and Jacobs is working really well. I actually have a really good nugget sent down from NFL Communications about Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and I'll, I'll let you hear that. I'll tell you what that nugget is after we go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 and talk to our guy, Raider27. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, I was listening to your uh – interview with Jason Horowitz and living where I live, they're not showing very many Raider games. So most of the games I listen to on the radio and then as soon as the game's over, I watch it on uh, Game Pass. Mm. But I gotta tell you, I wish there was a way I could sync the radio and just turn the announcers off and listen to him. Because he is very, very good. He's one of the best football announcers I've ever seen, and I love the video of him live in the booth. He's so excited, and he's jumping up, and he's just like, everything he says is so organic and from the heart and right to the minute. It's like none of that stuff can be rehearsed if you watch him do it in the booth. Mm -hmm. So he's a really, really good announcer. I I think he's doing a great job. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy with the turnaround. We went to the Colts game, and the guys with me on the way back are like, we got to fire McDaniels. He's got to go. And I'm like, and start all over again? What are you going to do? You can't – you just got to live through this, and we'll, we'll come out the other end okay. I think we're going to be okay. And, and thankfully, it's always easier to be positive and wrong than negative and right. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give a good shout out to Jason. I hope he's listening, man. He does a great job. I love his touchdown calls. He calls out the player's name, and then he always works in a touchdown Raiders. 
So it works great, man. That's one of the best ever. Great. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider 27. And if he didn't hear that live, I'll make sure that he gets a, he gets a hold of that call and he's able to hear it. So uh, like I told him before that I get a lot of good feedback about his calls. And, you know, I think that sometimes people probably think that I, I BS them when I tell them that they're doing a good job or, hey, I heard this about you. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just saying that. But literally, I get a ton of people hitting me up on Twitter saying, hey, man, Jason's doing a fantastic job. And I feel like that me and him have a pretty good relationship going. Uh, he actually – and this was really – Something that blew my mind, and really, I say this all the time, you never know who's listening to any show you do. That's why I always say that you have to put out the best work ever because you could have someone listening right now that could change all of our lives. Someone might be listening to DeMond and be like, man, I got to have that guy, and all of a sudden just throw some stupid money at you and like, hey, man, I need to hire you right now. And this is what we're in the job for. Please, Lord, please. No, that's, hey, you know what? And this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping for someone like you that you you do get an opportunity where you can do something where you could be the man at and you know maybe I can help you get there at the same time right I mean that's that's what all of us are in this for but uh you know it's just people tell me all the time and Jason told me that hey you know when he got the job or when he was even interviewing for the job how he learned about the Raiders was through my podcast like he literally listened to my podcast all the time and understood the temperature of Raider Nation and understood what you know, it meant to be a Raider and be a member of Raider Nation. And to me, that was a hell of a compliment. Like, really? I was the guy that you went to? There's so much great content out there. Why, you know, why am I the guy you're going to? But when he, you know, and he, the first time he ever reached out to me, he sent me a direct message on Twitter and was like, hey, you know, just got this job and uh, I listen to your show all the time. You do a great job. And I've learned so much about the Raiders through your podcast. I was like, geez, well, all right. I stood up in my seat a little bit. <laughs> It's like, well, all right, I guess I'm all right. But, no, I'll definitely make sure he gets that message, Raider 27. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I think he's doing a fantastic job as well. I mentioned a couple nuggets, and then we'll get to Meek Robertson and we'll get to Isaiah Polamoa. But uh, I mentioned a couple nuggets at NFL Communications. They do a, such a great job of sending over information. They always send over this email, what to look for week 14. Well, this is week 14, and last week it was week 13. But they send it over every single week. So they say, Raiders are rolling. The Raiders have won three consecutive games led by wide receiver Devontae Adams and running back Josh Jacobs on offense. Adams has recorded at least 125 receiving yards and a touchdown reception in four of the past five games. Jacobs has totaled at least 150 scrimmage yards in each of the past three weeks. Since entering the NFL in 2014, Adams, who turns 30 on December 24th, there you go, they'll be playing the Steelers on his birthday, ranks third in the league with 748 receptions. With two catches at the Rams on Thursday night football, Adams will become the third player ever with at least 750 receptions prior to his 30th birthday. Joining DeAndre Hopkins, 789, and Larry Fitzgerald, 764. Thursday night will mark Adams' 40th career regular season game in prime time. Game starting at 7 p.m. or later Eastern time. With a touchdown reception, he'll become the seventh player ever with at least 30 career touchdown receptions in prime time games. So a couple nuggets right there. 750. They're looking for two more catches to get to 750 and uh, only be the third player ever to get 750 catches before his 30th birthday. And then also trying to look for a touchdown, a touchdown catch in prime time. And the way he's rolling, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets that touchdown catch. The players with the most touchdown receptions in prime time games in NFL history, Jerry Rice, 46, Randy Moss, 44, T.O., 34, A.B., 31, Jimmy Graham, 31, Jason Witten, 30, Devontae Adams sitting there at 29, and that's it. That's a nice company right there. The two tight ends surprised me, but man. Well, they shouldn't surprise you. Those guys caught a lot of touchdown catches, caught a lot of passes, period, right? And, and Jimmy Graham, was a, he was one of the early tight ends turned wide receiver, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. he, was, he was Darren Waller before Darren Waller. 
I mean, he really was. Jason Witten has always been a stud. He was up there right there with Tony Gonzalez, so those don't surprise me at all. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and T.O., three Hall of Famers, definitely yeah. don't surprise me. Uh, so there you go. Also, going on, like I said, these, these are great nuggets. I love them. Adams has eclipsed 100, uh, 100 receiving yards in each of his past six games in primetime, already the longest set streak in the Super Bowl era. How about that? Already. Already. So go ahead and get another one. Jacobs, now going on Josh Jacobs. Jacobs leads the NFL with 1,634 scrimmage yards and 1,303 rushing yards this season and ranks tied for third with 10 rushing touchdowns. Last week marked his fifth game this season with at least 140 rushing yards and a rushing TD. If Jacobs rushes for 140 yards and a touchdown on Thursday night, he'll become the sixth player in the Super Bowl era to reach those marks in six games within a single season. Each of the previous five players to accomplish the feat won the AP Most Valuable Player that season. The players with the most games with at least 140 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown in a single season in the Super Bowl era, Adrian Peterson in 2012, he did it seven times. Sean Alexander with Seattle in 2005, did it six times. Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer, with Denver in 98, six times. Walter Payton, probably heard of him, Hall of Famer, Chicago, 77, six times. O.J. Simpson, Hall of Fame player, not a Hall of Fame person with Buffalo, 1973, six times. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders in 2022, he's at five. And again, all those players won the AP Most Valuable Player when they did that. All right, so I'm hey. I'm not saying he deserves it after that, but hey, man, hey. It's not bad. Josh Jacobs. Some nice company right there. Some nice company on the field. All those cats except for OJ are really cool off the field, too. And OJ is a different conversation. Don't want to get involved in that. But you understand what I'm saying. I mean, those are some those are some, some good company that both players, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. And, of course, Devontae, I mean, he's this is his first year with the Raiders. Even though he's having a hell of a season, a lot of people thought he was going to really fall off with you know Derek Carr as a quarterback. And I know it hasn't been just, you know, high wire act and, and, you know, all this fantastic play each and every week. We even talked about early. We talked with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He's putting together good numbers, but it seemed a little slow. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens when you're not winning. Now they're winning. And it's like, oh, man, look what Devontae Adams is doing, right? 170 yards. This is great. 170 yards, a couple TDs. Boy, getting these flea flickers, making these great catches. I mean, everything's going really well right now. He's having a really good season with his first year. And Josh Jacobs, we know the story behind him. We know he's a former first-round pick. Got the fifth-year option declined, and all he did is ball out. And all he's doing is balling out. Could you imagine, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, could you imagine if he wins the league MVP? Might not win the NFL MVP, but he could win the AP MVP like the other running backs did. What if he did that? Man, Could, Could you imagine the conversation that we would have on this radio station if he were to win the AP MVP, just like those other running backs, could you imagine the conversation? I couldn't because it would be first off the calls would be off the chain, and then it would, the the contract talk would be endless. Oh, it's going to be let him put together a, a huge game tomorrow. Let him put together a huge. Let him get the 140 yards in the TD. I mean, just just let him do what he does. If he continues to have, I mean, the conversation about the contract is is gonna it's gonna keep going until he gets a contract wherever it is. Because he's earned it. That's the thing about it. He's earned whatever he gets. Wherever he gets it, he's earned it. It's been so fun to watch. And it's really led this team. Even though Devontae Adams has been amazing as well, it has been just, um, it's been awesome to watch what Josh Jacobs has done so far this season. 441 is the time. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, you hear from Amik Robertson and Isaiah Polamoa in the Raiders locker room. This is Raiders Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. 
Mailman Raider cracking me up. He said, Hugh, the only problem I have with primetime games is I can only use the, I got a dentist appointment so many times before work thinks I just don't floss and brush my teeth. I love it. I love it. At some point, your job kind of gets used to and knows the routine. They kind of realize that, oh, yeah, this guy's not serious. He's just going to the game or watching the game, staying up too late, and he can't come to work. And that's, that's okay. That happens. I used to do that when we did um, the move the clocks, I think, forward. Yeah, when you move them up an hour, I'd be late to work on purpose for an hour. I'd just be an hour late knowing that I was getting in trouble. But I'd be like, I just didn't move my clock up. That was obviously before our phones did it for us. But I used to do that, I mean, routinely, every year. And so my boss at one year was finally like, so I'll see you an hour later than, than usual, right? <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? He's like, you're late every single time. I go, no, I'm not. He goes, dog. And he used to call me dog. Dog, you're late every single time. And then you always use the same excuse that, oh, I didn't set my clock. So either set your clock or just tell me now that you're going to be an hour late. So I was like, all right, I'm be an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you were planning, but did you have any extra plans? Or were you just like, you're just going to use that extra hour? Just I just cause? used that extra hour because I was, I was – well, I was interning at the radio station at Wild 949 at the same time. I was working in the meat department. And I would stay out late because we'd be at a club. We'd be doing something like that. And by the time I got home, it was like 4 in the morning. I had to be at work at like 6. So I was like, I can get an extra hour. I'm good. And, well, he caught on pretty quick. So it was one reason that I was out too late. And it was because I was out doing radio station stuff. And at some point I decided that, all right, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm just going to be radio 100% of the time. Yeah, that was tough going. 448's the time. Let's go out to <laughs> Raider Dave and Denver. Welcome to the show, brother. What's on your mind? Well, it's just the fact that does Carr get any uh, grace at all being right when he says they're the happiest person about Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders is going to be Josh Jacobs. You know, I called in the other day uh, on uh, another show here at Radio Na- Raider Nation Radio and said, look, if the Raiders had an Art Shell and a Gene Upshaw, mm. we'd, be, we'd be measuring Jacobs in a few years for a gold jacket. I mean, look at all the guys that you ended up saying, all the names that you ended up saying had done this six times already. And I'm sure he's going to do this by the end of the year and have that happen. Mm-hmm. The only one other thing I wanted to say was that uh, Gangster Raider keeps calling in on the shows and saying that we need revenge for 52 to nothing. It was the last time we played him. Get your facts straight, brother. I mean, we played him a few years ago, lost 30 to 13 with an uh, interception late. But that 52 to zero thing happened in 14 so long ago, Carr's rookie year. And how good would you be after you get your first win in the NFL against the Chiefs? Right. You know? Anyway. I got you. I got you. All right. Appreciate the call. Good stuff right there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that, that beatdown, but I don't, remember, I don't remember any other games that the Raiders even played with the Rams. I mean, I really don't. And I don't know why that is. Um, I do remember what, – what was – was that the, the game that Raider Dave was talking about? Was that the one where – the Raiders played the Rams in the preseason, then turned around and played them a couple weeks later, and and Gruden wasn't too happy about that. Was that the most recent one? You should have probably left Raider Dave on De- in Denver, and he could have told me that answer to that while you're looking it up. Oh no, Raider Dave in Denver was right. That fifty-two to zero loss was in twenty fourteen, and the last time that these guys played each other was in twenty eighteen, and the score was thirty-three to thirteen. So it was in 2018. Okay, so that was. That was Gruden's first year back, right? Yes. And that was when the Raiders played them in the preseason in L.A. and then turned around and had to play them again. And I know that nobody was too happy about that. It was like, how how in the world do you do that? I remember that. I just don't remember when they played. So, okay, there you go. So that was the last time they played. There you go. I don't know why the Rams game just went right past me, but it did. 
and went right past me, and I didn't even think about it. But Raider Dave, thank you for the call. I definitely appreciate you. Let's now go into the Raiders locker room. Amik Robertson, he caught up with a few of the guys in the locker room and just started talking about the team and the defense coming together. Nate said uh, his return was trashed the other day on the fumble. You uh, you had a good one earlier this year. Did you uh, did you have some words for him? <laughs> he told me after the uh, he asked me after he said, "Am I trash for that?" I'm like, "Nah, you wouldn't you wouldn't go be able to spit him." But then I watched it on film. I'm like, "Yeah, but you kind of trash just a little bit." You know, because the guy batted touch you, and you fall. He said, "Yeah, I know, you know, I know." But I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure next time he get his hands, you know, he kind of rusty. I know next time he get his hands, you know, ball's gonna do special things with. Him. This is a short week, so how do you guys? How is the preparation going on a short week? Oh, uh, a lot of meetings. Uh, yeah. Mostly, you know, everything got to be mental. Mm-hmm. You know, not too much physical stuff. You know, because we need everybody. You know, I, you know, our, you know, our bodies. You know, we all know our bodies banged up, so we got to do, do our best taking care of that. So this week is really, you know, like like Coach McDaniel says, mentally. You know, we got to be be up here more than you know physically. So uh, he does a great job with preparing us. So I think we'll be fine. Amik Robertson right there, and DeMond don't care what Amik had to say. You started jamming a minute ago. Yo, oh, who had the ox? That's who we need to be talking to. <laughs> hey, you were feeling that, huh? Yeah, man. You need to turn on the Shazam next time y'all in the locker room. Uh-uh. I'm, that's, if, I, if I'm in the locker room and I'm pulling up Shazam, I got, there's a problem with me. Something's wrong with me. I'm obviously not on my A game. Or even B game. Just stop the whole, I'll hey, be like, hey, 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 who playing this? I'll be like, Nate said with his return, he's trash. <laughs> and he really did. He said that after the game on Sunday. He was like, yeah, it was great. To, you know, nobody wanted to get their hands on the ball. And she chose me. Remember when he said that? Mm-hmm. He's like, the return was trash, though. And he did say that. And so for him to go and say something to Amik about that, I thought that was cool. And then for Amik to be like, yeah, after I saw it on film, yeah, that was trash. <laughs> I thought, I, I'm not going to lie, when, when Nate got his hands on that ball, I did think, Oh, man, he's about to make some magic happen. Then he went down real quick, and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, yep. guess not. But, he got. hey, look, man, he recovered the ball, and that's what mattered. Now, a guy who also uh, has found a way to start getting on the field, uh, head coach Josh McDaniels actually talked about him earlier, about him uh, working really hard in practice and got onto the field. And actually, I got to give Vinny Bonsignor a lot of credit. A lot of times we don't give Vinny as much credit as we should. Uh, back in training camp, no joke, he was talking about Isaiah Polamoa. He said, kept saying, that kid's got something, man. He's got the athleticism. If he could figure it out, I think he could be a good player. Came up with a sack on Sunday. He's going to get more playing time you know, moving forward. He could be a good player. And again, Vinny identified him really early in the process. Here's Isaiah Palomoa and a couple other of the media members in the Raiders locker room. Throughout the season, how optimistic has that made you in order to earning those reps on game day? Oh, it's everything. You know, practice is everything. You know, especially as an undrafted player, you know, you have to make sure that you prove yourself every day, day in, day out. You got to clock in. And uh, coach says it the best, you know, game practice execution is game reality. So take that very seriously. Obviously, you've been a special teams guy since you've been here. What do you think was that turning point, you know, from being a special teams guy to showing that you can't be on defense and get those snaps? Before I even came in, I knew special teams was the only way to get in and get some real playing time. So, you know, special teams, you know, coach, you know, special teams 
special teams coach as well, Coach Tom. You know, he's been telling me that's the only way to get on the field. And, you know, I've taken that serious as well. And, you know, kind of just been waiting for my time. How much has the, uh, the the rest of the secondary room uh, been able to impact you and what have they been able to do to help you, you know, progress your game as a whole? You know, it's everything, especially with guys like Du in there. And they're just taking me under their wing and, you know, teach me the ropes and teach me all the little tips and tricks in the game. You look really comfortable rushing the passer on Sunday. Is that something that you uh, enjoy doing? And uh, did you feel like that was going to be part of the game plan going? Uh, absolutely, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, I try to picture myself as an edge rusher all the time. But, you know, uh, Coach put that in for me. And, you know, I just wanted to take advantage of it and, you know, make the most of it. And run support, is that a part of the game that uh, that you enjoyed? Absolutely. You know, I'm not. it's not just a pass down. You know, i got to be versatile and make sure I do everything. Isaiah Polamoa right there in the Raiders locker room. Uh, The young man from Arizona went to USC. And, of course, if he went to USC and he's an L.A. guy, Vinny knows him. Vinny knows him. No, no joke. He did identify him in training camp. I mean, that was a guy he kept pointing out to me, even though he didn't get on the field as early as uh, Vinny expected him to, to see him out there and having an opportunity. He sounds very... Very comfortable. It sounds very similar to Sam Webb, where they're very comfortable and confident in their in what they're doing. They just got to go out there and continue to execute. You heard him talk about Coach McMahon said, "Hey, special teams is the way you're going to get on the field. That's how you're going to earn your reps by way of special teams." He's done that, and now he's earned some reps defensively as well. So many thanks to all our great guests that we had on today's show. Tomorrow's show will start at twelve o'clock, twelve to three fifteen. It'll be basically the pregame to the pregame show. Then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen. But we'll be at the M Resort starting at twelve. So if you're around the area. Come on by, hang out with us. Amber Thea Harris, she should be there live joining us on the show. We have Vinny Boston, you're lined up to join us uh, from LA to talk about the game and we'll have many more guests as well. So join us at the M Resort starting at noon tomorrow on Radio Nation Radio 920.